Amen. 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 Well, come on, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you take your Bible out? Let's jump into the Word of God tonight, and we're going to spend a few minutes in the Word, and we're going to talk about a better way to worship. Is that all right with you tonight? We're going to talk about a better way to worship. How many know that the place has changed? The place has changed. In Psalm 127, verse 1 says, unless the Lord build the house, those who labor, what? labor in vain. Well, you know what God's passionate about? He's passionate about building you because you're the church. Amen. And he said, I'll build the church and the gates of hell will what? Will not prevail. Amen. He is building you into the image of Christ, into the image of Christ. Wow. Isn't that awesome? So as we take a look at what worship is like in the new covenant, I want to show you just a a little picture of something the Lord uh, just recently brought to my attention. And um, before we go to the scripture, I want to share with you, I was reminded by the Lord earlier this afternoon of this scripture that we all know very well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Lord, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to remind you of this tonight. And that is, do you not know that you are the temple of God And the Spirit of God, what? Dwells in you. Amen. Do you not know that you are the temple and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Notice we're not trying to get the Spirit to come, but the Spirit of God dwells in us. Sometimes people pray for visitation. How many know habitation trumps visitation? Come on. And God inhabits you. Yeah, not just the praises of his people. He inhabits you. Yeah. See? And so as the temples of God, as the spirit of God dwells in you, we have to learn how to release the spirit of God that's in us and allow the spirit of God to flow out of us. Here's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, When we talk about the anointing, we talk about the glory of God. We talk about um, these things that um, we describe as, I felt God, you know, and it it is fun, isn't it? When you do feel the Lord, especially in a corporate worship service. But as Andrew was talking about last night, trying to get into the spirit from feelings is really not fun. It's not good. It's, It's just hard. You know, you're going to have to work really hard to get somewhere called spirit when you start from the emotions. But the truth is, rather than trying to deny our emotions or put them under, what we need to learn is that God wants to fill up our emotions with his presence. Because when we're spirit filled, think about this, when you get born again, You're born of the Spirit of God. Oh, love that sound. Hallelujah. We love that sound in Colorado. Yes, yes, yes. May every Miller drown tonight. (laughs) 
as we get born of the Spirit of God. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5.17 says what? We're a new creation in Christ. That old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, you know what? You didn't become new in your body. You didn't become new in your soul. You became new in your spirit. And when you became new in your spirit, you became 100% full of God in your spirit man. You can't get any more of God in you than you have when you're born again. So here's where it gets a little confusing sometimes because then we hear someone say, you have all of God that you need in your spirit, man. Everything that Christ is, you now have on the inside of you. And now you need to get spirit filled. I thought you just told me that I was wall to wall God in my spirit, man. So if I'm going to get spirit filled... Where am I going to get filled? In my soul. Because my spirit and my soul make up my heart or my inner man. But we don't often think about when we get filled with the Holy Ghost that whatever is in my soul needs to get filled with the Holy Ghost. So what's in my soul? My will, my mind, my emotions, mm, my conscience, even my personality is in my soul. And you talked about last night how some people will say, well, you know, as an excuse, it's just my personality. That's just who I am. Well, let me tell you something. Your personality is your personality until it crosses the character of Christ. And once the cross touches your personality, guess what changes? You. How many of you know that you're not like you used to be a few years ago? And your neighbor is saying, thank you, Jesus. Because now, not, are you, not only are you made new in your spirit, but you have been yielding to the spirit of God and to the word of God. And now you're learning how to worship in spirit and in truth. John six sixty three says what? Your words are spirit and life. The word of God is spirit. We think about renewing your mind. I just need to get a whole bunch of facts up here. It's like Christian trivial pursuit. Right? The more information I can get, the more spiritual I'm going to be. How many of you tried that? Doesn't work, does it? See, it's not about just getting information. It's about transformation. And when you begin to allow spirit and truth to agree on the inside of your soul as a result of what's already in your spirit, you begin to yield to the spirit of God and activate from this place and up out of the abundance of your heart, your inner man, spirit and soul, you begin to speak. There's the spirit filled model for worship. 
So here's what happens with our emotions. We come to church, you know, let's just let's pick this scenario. <laughs> we come to church, we're not really feeling very good. And uh, so we look up on stage to the worship team and we kind of have this, okay, worship team, do it for me. A little depressed this morning. Let's see how good you really are. And we kind of stand back here and, you know, how many of that's called immaturity? You know what? Babies don't give thanks. Their whole world is about them. And when they're little, the whole world... It revolves around them. And when you begin to grow up a little bit, you begin to all of a sudden realize, you know what, I need to tell somebody thank you here. Well, when we're baby believers, our kind of world revolves revolves around us, doesn't it? You know, we haven't learned yet to be transformed because we're just brand new in the things of the Spirit. And so we want somebody to pray for us. We want somebody to worship for us. You know, I'm not really into dancing. Could you just go ahead and dance for me? Okay, that's good. Yeah, I love it. I've never raised my hands before, and I'm not about to now. Go ahead, brother, raise them for me. See, there's no such thing as intercessory worship. Jesus did not say that I could stand in the gap for you, and yet all across churches... We, in, in all over the world, we have people who are on worship teams that feel like they are the ones who are responsible for you worshiping. And what happens is we end up going into what I call Christian karaoke. <laughs> we'll sing for you and you just look up at the overhead and follow the bouncing ball. That's not what Jesus had in mind. This is about a relationship with a living God. This is about the everydayness of life. One of my friends from Tulsa years ago said, there's something about life that's so daily. I love that. Give us this day our... Yesterday's gone. Today's a brand new day. New mercies this morning. New, 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 new. I like that. New, 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 new. So you know what? In my spirit, man, is all this new. I've got everything, everything on the inside of me already in Christ. I'm like a party just waiting to happen somewhere. I'm a celebration, man. I got the life of God in me. Peter and John at the gate, beautiful in Jerusalem, said, such as I give I you. If you don't know you have it, how are you going to let it out? But when you know you've got the life of the Spirit himself on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit says, you know what? I don't want to just be born of you. I don't want to just be born in you, rather. I want to fill you to overflowing. Don't be drunk with wine, Ephesians 5.18. Andrew talked about it last night, wherein is dissipation. But, but, be being Filled. Be being filled. Where are we filled? In our emotions, in our mind, in our will. Does your will ever say, I don't want to? See? So what do we do? 
We allow the Spirit of God to fill us on the inside of all of this area of our soul. And if, if David could have lived under the new covenant, it's awesome that he said what he said, because I believe he said it prophetically when he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Can you imagine if he could say that then, what we can say now out of the abundance of our hearts? Jesus said the model now in John 4, 24 is that many people worship. Did you know unbelievers worship? You're like, what? Yeah, unbelievers worship. Everybody worships. But this model in John 4, Jesus says now the hour has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. So as you allow spirit and truth to come up from the inside of you and agree in your mind, in your will, and in your emotions, in your personality, in your conscience, you can choose to stay in this place on a daily basis. This is where I abide. This is where I live now. This is the new normal. But how many know this is also the place where the battleground is? And the last thing the enemy wants is for you to live spirit-filled. Because he knows what will happen. When you begin to live spirit-filled and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth begins to speak, what are you going to speak? You're going to speak by the Spirit of God. And Jesus said, if you'll go into the, in Matthew, he said, if you'll go into the secret place, if you'll go into that closet and listen to me in that private place is really what the King James means there when it uses the word closet. It just means a private place. If you'll listen, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Why is God saying that we should listen? Because then he later says, because I want you to shout out on the rooftops what you're hearing in the private place. As you begin to allow the Spirit of God to agree on the inside of you, this thing begins to just, man, just fill you up. But this is also where the battle is. So I want to show you something tonight. I just think it's kind of weird that God told Moses that there was a place where he was going to meet him back in Exodus 25. Look with me. We're going to unpack this a little bit more tomorrow night. But look with me at Exodus chapter 25. And look at verse 9. He says, according to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furnishings, just so shall you make it. Now look over at verse 22. He goes on to tell them all these different things that they're going to have to do. Well, actually, you know what? Let's look at uh, verse 18 first. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, and they're going to be placed over the mercy seat. He's just been telling them in verses uh, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, etc. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Cherubim are heavenly beings that are very powerful. They're not just little fat angels that sit on your mantle at Christmas time with wings coming out their necks. You ever seen those little things? 
Oh, they're so cute. No, if you saw a cherubim, you'd probably just fall flat on your face. Whenever God sent a messenger angel, whatever, what, what were the first words he always said? And of course, everybody was scared out of their skull. But he said, fear not. So here we have these two cherubim. God says, I want you to put a cherubim on this side of the ark and another one over on this side of the ark. And he says this in verse 22. And there I will meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I give you in commandment to the children of Israel. Well, what an awesome thing. God says, in this place is the place that I'm going to speak to you. Well, God tells us in the new covenant that we're, we're to go into our uh, place of, of separation, our place of pulling away from the busyness of culture and life and learn how to listen. How many of you know that as soon as you're born again, you can hear the voice of God? We make people jump through hoops and, you know, make it sound like it's something for the uber spiritual, you know? No, it's not. Anybody can hear the voice of God once you're born again. You're his sheep and you know his voice. But if you want to develop in this thing to where you develop a keen ear, how many of you know that as a mom... When you hear your child cry in a nursery of 25 babies, you can identify your baby's voice. It's it's absolutely amazing to watch that happen. Well, you know what? In life, the sound of the battle sometimes is so intense that there's sounds all around us in life on a daily basis. And Jesus knew what it was that we were going to be encountering. He said, you know, you're going to have trouble. That's a promise nobody likes to claim. But, he says, be of good cheer because I have overcome. Why is that good news? Because if Jesus overcame, then in him you overcome. And in that place, you begin to learn that there's something more that God has for you that is not just all about you. But it's about you becoming filled with the Spirit of God to where you've got something to give to somebody else. It's learning to hear what God would say so that you have a word to speak in due season. Jesus said, I'm going to give you something to shout out on the rooftops. But it all starts back here in Exodus. And God tells Moses, in this place is the place that I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to speak with you. I thought that's kind of weird. There's nothing here. What is this place? There's a cherubim and a cherubim and what's in between? Empty space. God said to me, Daniel, if you'll give me your empty space, I'll turn it into a holy place. But you know what we do? Our empty space is our soul. When we're first born again, it's empty. And you know what? It's used to being in control. The soul wants to be in control. So when we come together to worship, what happens is we're led by our soul. 
trying to get into the spirit instead of allowing the spirit of God to fill up our soul so that out of our heart can flow rivers of living water. And in this place of emptiness, God says, all right, you know what? We need to do a little work here, son. You know that stinking thinking? It's got to be replaced. Yeah, your head's a little empty right now. I mean, of anything valuable. You kind of need to be brainwashed. Because that's what the Word of God does. The Word of God comes along and begins to wash you, cleanse your thought life, and all of a sudden, that truth and spirit begin to agree on the inside of your soul realm, on the inside of your mind, and you begin to think differently, and suddenly what was empty is now getting filled up with spirit and truth, and this place of spirit and truth is beginning to bring transformation on the outside as well. Your emotions that were so whacked out are now discovering. How many know your emotions get whacked out? I mean, even spirit-filled people, your emotions get whacked out sometimes, don't they? Right? But you discover, according to Galatians 5, that in your spirit, man, there is fruit in there. And it's powerful stuff. It's like you got a little, you know... Hoover Dam dynamo thing going on in the inside of your spirit man. And in there is the fruit of self-control. Did you hear me? Self-control. So what happens? We learn to bring our self into submission to the spirit of God by giving place to the word, and to the truth, to the spirit of God. Truth and spirit, truth and spirit, spirit and truth, over and over and over. All of a sudden now, when my emotions get whacked, I tell them, you know what, shut up. You are not in control of me. I'm drawing from something deeper on the inside of me now. And I say, by the Spirit of God, I am yielding to you right now in this situation, Lord God. And I'm choosing what you say rather than what I feel. So I allow the Spirit of God and the truth of God to begin to bring transformation on the inside of me, and I allow my emotions now to come under subjection to the Spirit of God. So you know what? Instead of me trying to put everything under and deny that I have emotions, I'm able to safely release my emotions unto God and become emotionally healthy. We have so much emotional illness in the body of Christ today. Why? Because we don't know what to do with our emotions. We have so much illness mentally because we don't think like we're supposed to think. And as we begin to discover what God's word says, layer by layer, that old stuff gets peeled away. All the emptiness begins to leave And pretty soon I'm becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ. To where Jesus starts to leak out of my eyes. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus not only fills up my thought life, but man, you're around somebody who loves God and you can see it in their eyes. 
You can see it on their face. Their, your DNA begins to respond to the word of God. Cancer can leave your body because of spirit and truth agreeing on the inside of you. How does your DNA get changed by spirit and truth? I don't know. I just know it happens. But you've got to give place to it. You've got to make room for it. And God said, if you'll give me your empty space, I'll turn it into a holy place. Well, I thought, God, that's pretty cool. An angel here, an angel here, and nothing in between but empty space back in the tabernacle of Moses. Well, you know what? Today, we are the tabernacle of Moses in reverse. Tabernacle of Moses used to have to go from the outer court into the inner court, or what was called the holy place. And then they went into the holy of holies. Well, they didn't, but the high priest did, right? Now, for the New Testament believer, just go... Here we are living in the Holy of Holies. Our spirit man, wall-to-wall spirit of God, wall-to-wall God. But now we're learning to yield to the spirit of God and allowing the spirit of God to transform us into our soul to where our soul is becoming a holy place. We're giving him our empty space and he's turning it into a holy place. And as his life, his righteousness, his holiness, all because of his grace, begins to fill us up, then it flows out of the outer courts. And out it comes in rivers of living water. The tabernacle of Moses in reverse. So here's what happens. When we gather together as believers, you've got all of this living on the inside of you. Wendell's got all this living on the inside of him. Gary's got all this living on the inside of him. Tracy's got all this living on the inside of her. Linda, Angel, on and on we go. Pamela, everybody's got this living on the inside of them. So when we come together in a service like this and we all begin to yield to the Spirit of God, guess what happens to the atmosphere around us as we allow the Spirit of God to arise on the inside of us and come up out of the abundance of our heart. Our mouth begins to speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And all of a sudden we all begin to say things like this. I think God showed up. No, the truth is you did. God was already in there. You just learned how to cooperate with the Spirit of God and allow God to flow out. Now watch what happens here. Jesus said to me one day, I want to show you something. So he took me over to uh, John chapter 20. Would you turn there with me? John chapter 20. I want to show you this. I just thought this was amazing. John chapter 20. And let's look at verse 11. Jesus has come as the glory of God. Galatians 4 says, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born in the fullness of time. The word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his what? We beheld his what? 
we beheld his what? Where's that glory? Now. It's in the temple. It's still in the Holy of Holies. But let me tell you something. Here's what happened. In about 70 AD, a very evil king came in to raid Israel by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. The Ark of the Covenant was stolen, and it was never mentioned again in Scripture, ever. We never hear of it again. And this Ark of the Covenant, as you know, was where the presence of God was contained for a period of time. It's where God said, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to speak to you from this place. But Jesus prophesied when he came on the earth as the glory of God, we beheld him, the word made manifest, full of the glory of God. Jesus, the glory of God. Jesus goes to the cross, eventually. He dies on the cross. And as he dies on the cross, something very interesting happens. He says, it is finished. The price of sin and sickness and everything that the devil tried to throw on us has been once and for all paid. And when that happened, the veil tore from the top to the bottom. Why? Somebody told me one time to let the glory out. I thought that sounded logical. Well, yeah, because, you know, the Holy of Holies and the, the manifested presence of God was there in the, you know, Ark of the Covenant between the wings of the cherubim, right? No, listen, that Ark was not even in the Holy of Holies when Jesus came on the earth. The ark had already been stolen and taken into captivity. And what they were worshiping, when the Jews were worshiping, and they were talking about as if there were the ark of the covenant still in the Holy of Holies. No, when Jesus came on the earth, there was no ark of the covenant in the Holy of Holies. There was only a dark room in there because the glory of God was no longer in that place because the glory of God had come in the person of Jesus Christ. The word of God made flesh. He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. They didn't know it. They didn't recognize it. And you know what? The same thing's happening today. Because we don't recognize that here we are with Christ in us, the hope of glory. And allowing that glory to be made manifest as we gather together. Allowing that presence of God to arise. Well, look what happens here. In John 20, verse 11, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white. One at the head... Look at me. One at the head and the other one at the feet. But the body of Jesus 
was not there. So where was the body of Christ? You're looking at us. Jesus was no longer there because now that empty space was about to be filled with all kinds of people that if the devil had known, if the devil had known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory because it became his worst nightmare because now that empty space is filled with all of us and we're going out of every nation, every kindred, every tribe. And here we are all over the world now beginning to learn how to flow in the things of the Spirit. And I'm telling you what, we're seeing the manifested presence of God all the time now. You know why? Because we're not waiting for God to do something. He's already done everything he's going to do. Now, he says, just yield to me and let me arise and watch what happens when you give me place. But you know what? It feels a little foreign at first. feels a little odd. We're kind of used to holding a hymnal or you know, having somebody do the program for us. Yeah. What do you mean? You mean, you know, I got to do something here? <laughs> like when I come to church, uh, I, I, mean, I, I know I am the church, but when I come to church, I always came to try to get filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah. You know, because my week was kind of horrendous and So I couldn't wait to get into worship on Sunday morning so I could just get filled up again, praise God. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Well, how many know those are wonderful times when they happen, but you should be living filled every day. That's God's plan for us. Not to wait for the weekend and let the worship team try to fill us up. But no, we live in this place now. We live in the Holy of Holies. We allow the presence of God to be a part of our lives on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. And as we allow daily bread to begin to come on the inside of us, it brings transformation to us so it can bring transformation through us. And as we begin to allow God to be made manifest, all of a sudden now we see the manifested presence of God in our gatherings together. People say, man, I feel the anointing in here. Of course you do. You released it. It was on the inside. Now you just released it to the outside. And as we get more and more people agreeing with the Spirit of God, the level of His presence just becomes more and more powerful. See, this is the way we can live. You're a party waiting to happen. And Jesus says that in this place is the place where I've designed for you to live as the New Testament believer, being filled with the Spirit of God, speaking among yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Andrew touched on it last night. I want to take it just a step further. It's interesting to me out of this in Ephesians that we have three different categories of songs. He says, I want you to be filled and then speak in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So there must be a reason why the Spirit of God had three distinct categories of songs, and there are. Now, I've had many people who have said to me, you know, I'm not a musical guy. I'm kind of not one of you artsy people, you know? I'm like, you know, Mr. Hunter guy, you know? Well, how many know that this is not based on you being 
a beautiful singer. This is about you just allowing the Spirit of God to express His life through you. And it was God's idea to have us sing. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Especially when you're not a good singer. One of the delights of my heart is to hear people who are just worshiping God passionately from the inside who are not singers. Don't you love that, you guys? Love that. One time we were driving in Tulsa years ago. Tracy and I used to be uh, Bobby Andean's minister of music and, and, uh, during the 80s, and we had a, a little sedan car, and our son, who was very little at the time, was uh, used to sitting in his car seat, of course, in the back seat. And uh, we got rid of that car and got a minivan and, uh, or a station wagon. I can't remember exactly what it was, actually. Was it a minivan? And so he was way higher than he would normally have been used to being. And he would often sing in his little car seat, you know, like kids do. They just, you know, make melody naturally. You know what I'm saying? You have to have somebody kind of teach you not to do this at some point. You know, it's like, you know, now you know you're old enough to be embarrassed, right? You know, so he was making melody, and and all of a sudden, though, he was able to see outside the windows. And so we were driving along, and all of a sudden, he starts singing, brown cows, brown and white cows. And we're just absolutely busting the gut. So cute as we're hearing him, you know, go through this little cow song, you know. And we're like, oh, that's so cute. You know how you are as parents. And I felt like the Spirit of God said, that's how I feel about you. When you make melody in your heart to me. You want to bless the Lord? Just begin to let God arise on the inside of you. Begin to make melody. It doesn't matter if you sing good. It's not about singing good. It's just, if you have breath, you qualify. Psalm says, let everything with breath praise the Lord. Well, of course, your enemy knows that, you know, he, the last thing he wants for you is to get a hold of this. Because I'm telling you, once this begins to happen, it's like just, it's too late already. You're going to live in a happy place that's going to have nothing to do with your circumstances. To where if ever you were thrown in jail and your feet were put in stocks, you also could be singing at the top of your voice at midnight because of what you've been yielding to by the Spirit of God inside. Apostle Paul was so full of the Word of God, of course he sang at midnight. See? That Word just begins to arise on the inside of us. So Psalms. Psalms are interesting songs because they're primarily directed to God. When we sing like we did last night, how great is God? How great are you, Lord? Sing along with me. How great are you? We're declaring a psalm. We're exalting Jesus. We're exalting the Lord. Now, we could spend a whole course on just the psalms. But primarily, psalms are songs to God. Him is an interesting word because you never find the word him in the old covenant. It's a word only in the new covenant. And the Greek word is hymneo, H-Y-M-N-E-O. And hymneo means a song of the new covenant. So as we begin to sing who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, we begin to declare 
things that are very powerful. Because Revelation says that you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So when I begin to sing songs about how I'm new in Christ and who Christ is in me, I'm telling you, it's a testimony that goes out and begins to absolutely bring transformation. Hymnail. New covenant songs that are songs about who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. If you're ever in a worship service and, and we're declaring like, you know, God did this for me and I'm, you know, like tonight we sang, I'm moving forward. Somebody says, well, you know, I don't know if I really like that because we're not, you know, exalting Jesus. Yes, we are. We're just singing a hymn. It's a testimony song. It's a song that says, I'm not going back. I'm going forward because of who I am in Christ. See, I'm declaring that revelation as a testimony and I'm putting it in music. Psalms, hymns, the last one is really fun. And spiritual songs. The word spiritual is the word pneuma for spirit, Holy Spirit, okay? The word songs is pneumatikos in the Greek. So when we put that together, what we discover is that God has given us the ability to create on the inside. And is it any big wonder because he is the creator? Amen? But he will create through you and you can allow the Spirit of God to absolutely make, you make melody in your heart. And as you do, the Spirit of God hooks up with it in you. And it comes out in a spiritual song. Spontaneous. Right off the cuff. It's fun. So instead of just worshiping with all known songs in a service, what if we actually began to do what Jesus had in mind and begin to sing with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and put them all together. So a spiritual song, if it's spontaneous, I've never sung it before. I have no idea how it goes, and neither do you. We've never sung it before. It's spontaneous. So somebody says, well, isn't that kind of scary? You know, like, if, if you do that, you know, aren't you going to scare everybody with the spontaneity of this whole thing? No, it's really fun. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit will always lead you into truth. Amen. He'll lead you into truth because he's leading you into the image of Christ. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow night. But what we discover is that this whole arena of our soul, when it starts to get filled with the Spirit of God, wonderful things start happening, including a heart that becomes merry, a heart that becomes joyful, a heart that becomes filled with the Spirit of God. And we begin to make melody and speak out of our hearts in these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And sometimes it happens in the oddest times and places. Going into a hospital room and all of a sudden God has a word for somebody and you begin to sing it. You never said it before. You never heard it before. And all you got in your heart were two words. You know, and the words started something like this. You hear the Spirit of God say, tell him today is a new day. And that's all you get. You're like, okay, that's it, God? Today's a new day? Okay, I'll tell him that. (laughs) So you're standing at the bedside, and you go, you know, I just really feel like the Lord has a word for you, and here's what I'm hearing the Spirit of God say. And as you begin to step out, and you begin to say, I feel like the Lord is saying, today is, all of a sudden, the rest of it starts to come right after it. But you've got to activate from the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, this thing gets fun. It's an adventure. 
And God has given you something in the secret place to be able to shout on the rooftop. He wants you living so filled with the spirit of God that not only are you transformed, but you bring transformation. One last scripture and I'll close tonight. Colossians 3.16. I love this scripture. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with excess. What happens when you drink too much wine? You get drunk. You've had too much. Okay? So the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled to excess. To where it just begins to come up out of you in rivers of living water. Flowing out of your innermost being. Amen? In what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, here's the, here's the other side of this. God will encompass you roundabout with songs of deliverance. He'll encompass you roundabout with songs of deliverance. How does it happen? Through you. You just begin to give place to it. Now, Colossians 3.16 says that as we allow the word of God to dwell richly in us, we can actually teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So God will give us these things to be able to teach and instruct other people. That's why your words are powerful. Amen. That's why the word of God has got to become your standard to where you learn how to worship in spirit and truth. And here's where it starts to get fun. When you come to the weekend services, guess why you're coming now? You're so filled with the spirit of God that you're coming to give to somebody else. You're not coming anymore just to get. You've already been getting all throughout the week. Man, God's just been blessing you, filling you. You're living in this place of overflow. You're just, you're, you're living in it, man. You know what I'm saying? So when you come to the weekend services, you're going to find somebody else who maybe isn't quite there yet. And you know what? Out of the abundance of your heart, you're going to exhort them. You're going to encourage them. And you're going to say, you know what? You're going to say whatever God says for you to say. It's exciting. It's fun. It's an adventure. And it's where God wants every one of us to live in the body of Christ today. You good with that? You ready for it? Amen. Now, as the body of Christ, we're going to have to get used to this because it's new. And a whole generation has already gone past of people who don't know how to flow in this. It's odd to them. Like we did tonight when we all began to sing in other tongues and we corporately did this as a worship unto God. And then eventually we had uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit manifest. How many know the gifts of the Spirit are wonderful? You're loaded with the gifts of the Spirit. You've got the fruit of the Spirit. I'm telling you, the gifts of the Spirit are there too. And God is so about allowing His presence that so graciously lives on the inside of us to be made manifest, to be able to bless others. I'm telling you, it's powerful. The gifts, the fruit, all of this that we're talking about is the new normal. But you know what? It's not near as predictable as your three songs and a poem and a prayer. So if you're not ready for an adventure... If you're not ready to get into the boat and go to the other side, praise God, just go ahead and stay there on the shore. But you know what? We're moving forward. Amen. We're going with where God is going. 
And God is saying to us, now the hour has come when true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and truth. So you know what? If Jesus is saying we must, I think we must. Tell your neighbor, we must. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Praise God. We're going to continue more tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, we're going to get to hear from Wendell Parr. I can hardly wait. Praise God. It's going to be awesome. But see, this covenant that we're under, so many people try to worship under the old covenant today. And they're wondering why they're frustrated. And they're wondering why they feel like their emotions sometimes just get jerked from pillar to post, you know. But the truth is, we're under a better covenant. And we have better promises. And so if we're under a better covenant with better promises, it just stands to reason that there's a better way to worship. And there is. It's in spirit and truth. See, it's really just that simple. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Let's all lift our hands to the Lord, can we? And just honor him for a minute. Father, we're so grateful tonight for the Holy Ghost. We're so grateful, Lord God, that uh, you are patient with us. Lord God, that you love us like you do. We're so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to live in your marvelous light. That's the place, Lord, where where we dwell. That's our new normal, Lord, is living filled with the Spirit of God. We're not going to be conformed to the world. We're not going to live the rest of our life on medications trying to get happy. Lord God, we're going to allow the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Praise God. We're going to allow your life to fill us to overflow, Lord, to where every day is an adventure in you. And we're going to be able to go and say, such as I have, give I unto you to somebody out in the streets, somebody who's desperate, somebody who's hungry, somebody who's looking for life. Lord God, that's us. We're the body of Christ. And we thank you so much, Lord God, for your glory that's already in us and now manifest from us. And we bless you tonight for that. We give you all the glory. Holy Spirit, we honor you tonight. We say thank you so much for for working with us and teaching us and helping us and leading us into the image of Christ. Lord, we appreciate you and we honor you tonight. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Give somebody a hug tonight and you are dismissed. God bless you.